Welcome back to Practicing Catholic. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you again, along with Cammie Ruthum, our producer, Paul Sadek, our technical producer, coming to you through the relevant Radio 1330 AM studios in Golden Valley. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' journey into Jerusalem began in celebration, but the tenor of the week ahead of him would change severely. How might we as practicing Catholics walk more closely with him throughout Holy Week this year? Father Tom Margavishes, Director of the Archdiocese and Office of Worship, is back with us with a different way of looking at this holiest of weeks. Father, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Patrick. Glad to be with you and our listeners once again. Always good to have you on. So can you please walk with us through Holy Week, beginning with Palm Sunday and Holy Thursday? What what exactly are we remembering and honoring and participating each day each day leading up to the Holy Triduum? So um, the, the history of how the liturgies have been celebrated color how we celebrate them today. Uh, that's an important thing for us to remember because um, sometimes we have the tendency to want to historicize things as though Holy Week is something like watching a passion play. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever been to Oberammergau. Uh, I have the opportunity to go this summer for the first time. You know, They do this beautiful passion play that they've done for hundreds of years, once every 10 years, although it had to be delayed because of the COVID pandemic a few years. But sure. anyway, uh, the idea is you just sit back and watch this beautifully move, moving and wonderfully engaging uh, drama unfold in front of your eyes. Uh, and so many of us sometimes think that this is what we do when we enter Holy Week. We're watching something happen to Jesus. Uh, and that's not at all what the Church really wants to happen in its liturgical celebrations during the week. We don't so much as sit back and look at historical drama unfolding in front of our eyes, as much as we ourselves are invited to enter into the meaning of these celebrations. Why does the Church commemorate these events? Uh, principally so that you and I would be changed, that our lives would become more like Jesus Christ, and then we can bear Him to the rest of the world that needs to hear Him so much. So the whole point of how the Church celebrates Holy Week is to get us participating more than just spectating. And that's the reason for all these elaborate rituals that we do with candles and with incense and with palms and Mm-hmm. Uh, kissing crosses and things like that. It's all to get us involved so that we uh, can better appropriate the truths of what Christ did in our own lives. Right. Participating, not spectating. I like that a lot, Father. So yeah. an interesting note from a 2016, going all the way back to a 2016 article that you were featured in in the Catholic Spirit, you noted that the Holy Triduum can be comparable to a married couple's wedding anniversary. Uh, in that as a married couple should always strive to honor their spouse, an anniversary is a special time to go above and beyond. Is that uh, the same in our participation in the faith? Yeah, see, the, um, the, the day that a couple first do their I do's, when they commit themselves permanently to each other as long as they both shall live, um, even though that is a one-time event in history, the ramifications of that uh, continue for the rest of their lives. And every now and then, if the couple wants to reinforce that, they remember that with their honoring the the uh, day that they first said their I do. So the celebrations of anniversaries for couples as a way not only to look back at what happened however many years ago that would have been, but even more to strengthen what exists so that it may continue even better in the years to come. 
Mm-hmm. All of us were initially immersed into the mystery of Jesus Christ when we were immersed in the waters of baptism, or at least we had the water sprinkled on our heads. That's when we first became members of the body of Christ. But that's not just an event that happened once when we were baptized. It has to be lived and developed and deepened throughout our entire Christian lives. So the Church wisely invites all of the faithful to uh, remember that, to have an anniversary of sorts of their own first baptism. Historically, we know that Lent developed originally as a season to prepare those who are not yet baptized Mm -hmm. to receive their sacraments for the first time. But what about the rest of us who already have received our sacraments of initiation? What do we do during that season? Well, it's suitable for us to look back on the day when we were first baptized to recommit ourselves anew this year, as well as accompany those who are preparing for that, which is precisely why the reason uh, on Easter Vigil and on Easter Sunday, even those who are already baptized, renew our own baptismal promises, have holy water sprinkled on us anew, just like a couple who have the opportunity to uh, reinforce their own sacramental marriage vows. Just one other side note before sure. your next question, and I'm yeah. sorry to keep yakking. No, 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 that's great, yacking. Father. Keep going. <laughs> but since since that the 2016 article came out, um, the Church has issued a revised order for the celebration of matrimony, you know, the the new marriage rite that came out about six years ago. Mm. Um, It's just a slightly revised English version of the existing Roman Editio Typica, but this new English version that we have for celebrating matrimony now explicitly includes a ceremony for a couple to renew their marriage vows. Hmm. There never was before, in our English translations of the rites of marriage, any such ritual. But now the Church recognizes it with an official liturgy as a way to say that the sacraments that we once received are not a one-and-done thing. They are uh, fruitful uh, to the degree that we reinforce and recommit ourselves to those uh, periodically throughout our lives. Yeah, well, great, uh, great little tidbit there. I like that. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, you shared that as well. Interesting things there to be uh, contemplated for maybe future mm-hmm. wedding anniversaries and that sort of thing. So wonderful. Sure. Um, but I, so you've talked a lot about some of the things that happen at the liturgies, especially those spread uh, the, the one liturgy, the one mass throughout the triduum. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious, Father, too, if you have any suggestions for because those are the, really the points where all these wonderful things are taking place. And I can't imagine uh, about what it would be like to miss these. Well, I can because of pandemic. Um, we did have sure, to miss sure. these liturgies. But uh, it's it was a huge hit to my own faith. But to participate in these liturgies, but what can we do at home, maybe with family, um, to kind of, you know, to, to lead ourselves well into participating in each of these liturgies? Any suggestions there? Sure. Um, first of all, to pray with the Church's official liturgical texts is always a good starting place. Sure. So, uh, you know, if uh, many people have Magnificat or, you know, uh, one bread, the daily bread, or, you know... Um, these daily prayer books that have the scripture readings for the day, uh, yeah. for families to pray those out loud and maybe do a family Lexio Divina to pray some of the prayers of the liturgy. I could even see a family doing something like taking either the Palm Sunday or the Good Friday Passion narrative that goes very lengthy, but it's got multiple parts for 
somebody to take the narrator, somebody else to be Jesus' part, somebody else to be a speaker. I could see a family dividing up that long path. Take the mistlet home with you and divide up the parts among the members of the family as a you know a way to uh, engage all of the members individually in some active way to do that sort of a thing. Um, of course, we all um, come to Palm Sunday Mass and want to take home one of the palms of the church with us. And many, especially among the Latinos that I uh, serve down in uh, St. Dominic Parish in Northfield, where I help out every weekend, um, the Latinos love bringing home little bottles of holy water with them, too. And, you know, for so many uh, months, we were without holy water fonts in our churches because of fear of COVID. Uh, but picking up one of those little dollar ninety-five plastic bottles at one of the local Catholic bookstores or gift stores and taking some of the new Easter water home with you and blessing your family with it as part of the Easter celebration or even during out the Easter season uh, to do a little blessing and a renewal of your own baptismal promises as a family, things like that. Wonderful actual physical substances you take home with you from church as the way to let the celebrations which happened in the church to be uh, remembered and re-celebrated back home. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and as we're speaking about participation, I guess what occurs to me is that while we do participate, obviously we are participants in the liturgies that we attend over the triduum, that, uh, that that's not just meant to be left in church. So I love that idea of bringing home some holy water and, and or bringing home the, the passion narrative and, and participating in that in the course of, of family life, which I think is wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about, Father, um, we just spoke with Misha Johnson about uh, some of the things that we're doing to uh, support our brothers and sisters who are coming into the church, uh, either through baptism or profession of faith, at this Easter vigil this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also thinking, we use the phrase, we're doubling down on our prayers for them because they're facing some obstacles and challenges. And uh, But we too, this is a holy time of year, and so we should, we might expect some obstacles and challenges in our own life. And I'm thinking, this is a time to maybe re-up our Lenten penances, right? Don't give up on them until through the through the Triduum itself or into the Easter season. Um, I'm thinking particularly about the Good Friday Fast. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, the Good Friday Fast is historically the earliest recorded fast we have in our Catholic Christian history. Mm. We know that the early church was celebrating the Good Friday Friday Pass all the way back at least to the second century, if not earlier. Um, So it certainly has great ancient and important uh, significance for us in our Christian tradition. What the Church currently requires all Catholics under the age of uh, 65 um, or uh, I forget now, I've said my mind is slipped a a gasket here, but uh, is to abstain from uh, meat on all Fridays of Lent, and then on Ash Wednesday, as well as Good Friday, to engage in a complete fast, Mm -hmm. uh, which would mean that there's only one full meal taken, and then that any other food taken would not add up to the equivalent of a second full meal, uh, and no eating between meals. The Church uh, requires all of us to do this on Good Friday if we are healthy and able to do so and of the right age, but it even encourages the Good Friday fast to continue 
all the way through Holy Saturday and up and through the celebration of the Easter Vigil. Mm. So if possible, can you do this for a good 48 hours? Now, many of us, you know, especially those of us who are, uh, and, and many of, uh, of our listeners here are, very involved in their own parish celebrations, and they mm. might be setting up, you know, a uh, um, all sorts of furniture in the sanctuary, decorating for Easter. Uh, there's a lot of busy activity that goes on that burns calories, and we might get lightheaded. You know, the church <laughs> never expects us to do something uh, spiritual that would actually harm our health. So, if doing the fast would make us pass out from wooziness, that's not what the church intends. <laughs> but for many of us, it's just a little discomfort in the stomach, uh, and uh, it's something that we can endure bodily. For the sake of saying, look, there are more important things than earthly delights in life, mm -hmm. namely spiritual delights. Mm -hmm. And if I can take my attention away from delighting my flesh for a while, a short while, for the sake of focusing on the things that are spiritual that really endure beyond this life, uh, then I'm putting my life back in the right perspective, mm -hmm. that there is more than just our culture, which is so absorbed with hedonistic pleasures that it has a hard time understanding fasting or other uh, ascetical disciplines. Amen to that. Well, Father, we uh, we certainly will go forward into the Easter Triduum with renewed vigor thanks to your uh, great advice. Can we have a blessing from you before we say goodbye? Sure, I'd be happy to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lord, we give you praise and thanks for the listeners of this wonderful program and all those involved in Catholic media. We ask that through their listening of these uh, broadcasts, that their own faith would be deepened, that they would enter into more deeply the mysteries of the uh, Christ event celebrated in the Church's liturgies of Holy Week, and that by entering in, they may more effectively proclaim to the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ask the blessing of Almighty God to come upon you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Tom Margavishes, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll talk to you again thank real you, soon. Thank you, Patrick. Yep. God bless you. Bye-bye. Find a parish near you to participate in the Holy Week Masses at archspm.org slash locations. And remember, this holiest time of year is also a great time to invite a friend or neighbor to Mass with you. Now is a great time to plan how you will celebrate in the Easter season by growing closer to the Lord. Paul, Cammie, and I will be right back with some suggestions.